0: Side With Edward Gundling And J.J. Devaney This is the end Beautiful friend
1: This is the end
0: Offside from a basement in the suburbs of New York City
1: and an apartment in Brooklyn, Andrew Gunling and JJ Devaney. What's up, brother? Oh, Andrew, we are we are living in interesting times. This is uh, this is a bombshell. I know there was rumors of it leading up to it, but uh, this feels this feels huge, and this is why we're doing an emergency podcast.
0: Lionel Messi, of course, you know by now, demanding an exit from the only club he has ever known. Uh, at FC Barcelona it is like you said I echo everything you just said it's it's massive news in this sport he immediately becomes um, the greatest player ever to essentially be on the open market I there if, if you consider him the greatest player of all time then there's there's no one like this who's ever been suddenly available to to any number of clubs it's um It's potentially a landmark moment in the sport. And for whoever gets him, it's a potentially uh, massive trajectory changing moment as well. It's a trajectory changing moment for Barcelona, of course. Um, There's still a lack of clarity as to how this is all going to play out and whether or not he will even cost anything to leave. There's so many elements of this. Uh, Let's just, I guess, let's just get into it now. you know, the first thing that came to mind when I saw this news, and I'm wondering if you thought the same, is that he's one of these players that you often think about who he becomes almost impossible to picture in a different kit or in a different uniform. Like when Michael Jordan was leaving the Bulls um, and wound up at the Wizards, when you found out he was going there, it's just like, what? That, That doesn't, I can't, can't see that but you know he's one of these guys who like we remember him as like a 15 year old in barcelona's youth system is there's just no other image in which you can see this guy and it's he's as closely aligned to one club as any player i can ever think of in any sport
1: yeah um i just jotted down a few names because you got me thinking i i think the prior to messi the name you associated with barcelona straight off the bat um, dep- I suppose depending on what, what age you are, but but Cruyff and Barcelona, but I can see Cruyff in the red and white of Ajax. I can see that um, Gerrard and Liverpool, Paolo Maldini and AC Milan, Totti and Roma, Shearer and Newcastle. The, this, this is the the kind of player who has an association with a club, and I know Shearer played at Blackburn, etc. But but one of the hardest things for me over the last twenty four hours, Andrew, has been imagining him. Not in a Barcelona kit. In any other kit. It is just as a football fan. It's so absolutely weird. And it took me a while kind of to get used of Ronaldo in the Juventus black and white, but not that long. Not that long. This is, I mean, when you have the president of Catalonia, you know, saying how, you know, expressing his heartfelt thanks to Messi for everything he's done and that he's uh, he will be a Catalonian for life. And it's, oh, he is Barcelona. Like when you think of Barcelona now in the modern era, that is the name that pops into your head. And sometimes you forget he's Argentinian. I certainly do. There's times I'm watching it and I think, I don't think, Argentinian footballer in the same way I look at Sergio Aguero or in the same way that I looked at even Diego Maradona, he is so much more tied to his club and linked to the club and it's in his DNA. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: Um, let's start with the first angle of this because there are so many questions to go through. So we'll try to go through them as yeah, I guess in, in the most organized way in which we can. So this doesn't just become like a scattergun podcast, right. with random thoughts. Um, so the first question is really <clears throat> the most important one, I think. And, and it's the question of why is this happening? Why is Messi, why has he become so disillusioned with this club that he has professed this love for on so many occasions? The only club he's known, why are we even in this position right now?
1: I, I think the club has fundamentally it's on the field, Andrew. You know, we can talk about the politics in Bartomeo and and they are linked to what happens on the field, but the club has failed to meet his ambitions. And I think the collective psychological strain of like I, I'd ask you this. Has the great has a great player, a truly great player, for as for a consistent length of time gone through such absolute meltdowns and collapses? In his prime years, like Roma, the turnaround there, then to be followed up by the turnaround against Liverpool and now the ultimate humiliation against Bayern Munich. And I think he just looked at it and thought, this is too much. It's not going to get better. But within his contract. The keys to his thinking are there. And Graham Hunter was on OTBAM this morning and he, he broke it down very simply in 2017. The contract that that Messi negotiated and signed allowed him to leave in any of the following months of May to come. So essentially at the end of every season, if he should choose, he could leave for no money. That signifies that at some point he would want to leave. He would want to do this. And here we are. We've reached that point. There's also the state of Barcelona right now in terms of the politics behind the scene the feeling that the 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 Bartomeu has such control over the club and and has has basically sent the club in the direction it is right now and also finally the you know we talked about Ronald Koeman and the bull in the china shop i, I mean look at the way luis suarez was treated with the phone call and being told he's surplus to requirements and then look at the relationship between messi and suarez which is as close as 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 any player uh maybe outside of neymar he's he, he's a huge friendship with with luis suarez they are they are that close and he looks at that and he thinks this club is gone now's the time to go and also the passage of time andrew he's the age he is right now there is this is the big move he needs to make while he's still a transformative player at the peak of his powers
0: yeah the idea of that clause in the contract is a fascinating one and everything you said you know you talked about what they've become On the field, and how that's the primary reason, maybe more so than than the board. But you are you're right; they are linked. They are inextricably linked because this board is the one that allowed Neymar to go. Yeah, Uh, you know, this board is the one that, like you said, it's no coincidence that one day after Luis Suarez received that call, Lionel Messi is handing in he's sending in his fax that he wants out. Like that is not a coincidence to me. Um, So I think it's a combination. I I really believe that it's a, a direct combination of those two things. And remember this also um we talked about this a few months back 13 ventures remember that name it was the the i I guess basically the group that came in to kind of handle barcelona social media right and there was this belief that they had kind of constructed almost like an underground campaign to prop up Bartoméu and the club while simultaneously uh taking shots at players messi pk among them um and, you know, while maybe things didn't end up coming directly from that, I think, it, I think it started to sow the seeds of real resentment between the two sides as if those seeds of resentment weren't already there. Um, so I think this has become personal between Messi and between Bartomeu. Uh, and I, I kind of think that it's crossed a point of no return because Bartomeu, I'm reading this morning from Sid Lowe that basically a vote of no confidence is coming for Bartomeu. And even if it doesn't come, the elections are next year and he'll be out. There's just, I see no road back for him to continue as president of this club. But just uh, you know, look at, um, as I pull up Sid Lowe's article here about the uh, the vote of no confidence, here's all it's going to take for this to happen. And tell me just how easy you think this will be uh, for this vote of no confidence to come. So uh, Jordy Farah, who plans to run for the presidency in next year's elections has called on Bartomeu to quit. And now he's pulling up this vote of no confidence. And for that to go through, um, he'll have 14 days to gather the signatures of 15% of the club's members, which is just under 17,000 people. And trust me when I say that will be a walk in the park for him to find under 17,000 members of this club who are irate with the direction in which Bartomeu has taken them. Uh, then if he's able to achieve that, which he, uh, almost assuredly will, Um, this would then be put to the entire membership in the form of a referendum. Two-thirds of a potential 154,000 voters would have to go against the board in the second stage in order for an election to be called immediately. Uh, Again, that sounds pretty easy to me considering the state of things and considering the loyalty that the membership of this club have towards Messi and not towards Bartomeu. So the question is, if or when this vote of no confidence occurs and these immediate elections occur, is that enough to change the course of events? I believe that it is not. I actually believe that even if Bartomeu was gone, okay, that might be something that Messi is happy about. But I think we've I think we've crossed the threshold where too much too much damage is done, too much damage to the club that Messi probably believes is irreparable in terms of how they're built right now and what they can contend for. Uh, I, I believe that there's almost nothing that can stop this at this point from this player leaving this club.
1: I, I would totally agree with that analysis, Andrew. And also you're trying to organize all of that that politics behind the scene in the midst of a pandemic. You know, you're, you're the assembly of members alone to have a, a proper meeting to do the things that you need to do could be very difficult. But I, I honestly think he, he looks at it and even even in the most optimistic analysis of the situation, Andrew, we're talking maybe years of a rebuild. You're talking a lot of time. And and I don't think he wants to commit that time anymore. Uh, something that really struck me um, from the 2018-2019 season. So apparently that summer of 2018, after the World Cup, Barcelona sat down together uh, as a club, as, as a team, and they made winning the European Cup their priority, the Champions League their priority. They felt that after 2015, after the win in 2015 with, with the MSN, that they needed to be back regularly and they weren't happy with the way things had gone in the following two to three seasons. So they sat down together, they talked and it was made the primary objective. The absolute total importance was put on the Champions League. And look what happened. Imagine that you take Liverpool, well, you don't take them apart. Liverpool played quite well in that first leg, but they they won three 0 So on the right. scoreboard, they're taken apart. And remember bad, how close it was to being
0: four, which felt like if them if Usman Dembélé converts that chance near the end, 100%. And
1: remember so, Messi's face when he missed it. Messi oh, knew yeah. it.
0: that was important. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, think of his face then after the game. You know, at Anfield. Think of think of the psychological blow that was, Andrew. And then to round that up again, this season with another flat performance. I think when Messi won Now, correct me if I'm wrong. When Messi won the Champions League in 2015, he was 28 or 29, right? So he would have expected that there was more to come. He would not have expected the utter humiliations. And I think he is looking at things and thinking, where can I go? Where can I win now? And it's no shock. It's no, and we'll talk about this in a minute. It's no shock that he's been in contact with Pep Guardiola or that he's talked to Manchester City. He needs another Champions League. And as, as tough and as heartbreaking as it is to leave the club that made him, I think he feels he has to do it. And now is the time. There is there is no other time, really.
0: Uh, yeah, and I wonder too about, about his personality in a situation like this. Because, you know, he's... Yes, like you said, he is this club for this generation and maybe for all generations. There's no question about that. However, you know, during his time with Barcelona, in some ways, while he's always been the best player, there has also been almost a shield there to accompany him through. Like in the beginning, when he first came up, you had Ronaldinho, who was such a magnetic, popular figure. Mm-hmm. And then as he was ushered out, you know, you still had Xavi, who of course was this long-standing Barcelona legend and then you know he was ushered out and you had Iniesta who was still kind of you know be- this beloved Spanish figure that you know was was a magnetic force for France right. then you had Neymar who uh, was this massive figure in his own right and and when things went wrong you know sometimes he was made more of a scapegoat than Messi because Neymar was an easier target sometimes with the way he played his immaturity right. uh, and now you've wiped you've wiped all of them away they're all gone now. And this is now truly and to a certain extent it's always been, but now more than ever, this is Messi's club. Their successes, their failures, you know, it's all geared towards him. You know, to the point where, you know, managers almost seem irrelevant. People believe that Messi is the one making the rules. Yeah. Uh, and so I just wonder, we've always wondered about his personality and how it's affected him with Argentina. You know, where where that weight has always been difficult for him to bear to the point where he retired from them in his prime. He did come back, but you could see even in those limited moments after brief world cup stints, brief Copa Americas, like that's just a, a one month period every four years. You know, that was a lot for him to bear the day in day out nature of being that guy at this club. I just wonder if it's, if it's just worn him away, if he just needs, if he just needs to get out and go somewhere else where, you know, they'll, he'll just be loved, you know, that, that because he's there.
1: Yeah. I- I I I buy that. I think that is definitely a part of it. Um I think his ambition is is, is more the driving force than that. And and I'd also say as well, Andrew, like you, you say he's been worn away. His performances really haven't been. He has changed. His, I mean, but
0: probably or, mentally more so. Mentally. Uh,
1: oh, yeah, I'm sure. But like pro- productivity-wise, he's he's an absolute, as someone described on Twitter, a total cheat code. <laughs> and he and he really is. Um but Things have changed. You're right. The the Barcelona he came into was certainly not the Barcelona he is leaving, and um, I, I a change. What's that phrase? A change might be as good as a rest. You know, maybe maybe changing, going somewhere else, we'll see him renewed uh, psychologically. He'll be the happier Messi. But I mean, he probably wasn't any happier in his entire career than than that time when he had Suarez, his friend, and Neymar, his friend, playing up front and, and they were ripping Europe asunder uh, in 2015. And I, I think if you'd have told him it's 2015, within two seasons, Neymar is going to be gone. And by the time you're 33, 34, you will not have won another Champions League. I think he would have left there and then that's the truth for me. I really do think that. I think there's a there's an ambition there and there's an ambition that was laid bare in, in the in the terms of that contract. How desperate were Barcelona to keep him, to allow him to sign something that, that is so easy to make him walk away. Just to, on a point of order on the contract. And again, um, this is what, what I listened to from Graham. Barcelona's are... Messi's people's contention when they sent the bureau fax which is a, just a registered fax the the contention is that August is now May because of the way the season has 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 been they they are saying August is May Barcelona rejected that and responded in kind and said no well that that option has expired it expired in May but the the whole crux of what Messi's doing is saying August is May because this is the end of the season because of the what happened with the pandemic
0: yeah um and, and what's at stake is 700 million euros. Yeah. Almost. An, I mean, for Messi, <laughs> it's a fathomable number, but in the grand scheme of, of transfers, especially in this time when clubs are losing money, uh, it's an unfathomable number that a club would have to pay for a 33-year-old player. Now, like I said, he's not just any 33-year-old. Um, look, neither of us are lawyers, but I've been going back and forth in my own head as to how I think this is going to go because as we always say jj what were the what will there be
1: there will be lawyers there will be lawyers
0: um especially with 700 million at stake um and i just like we were talking last week or two weeks ago about the silliness of because of the break in the schedule players who needed to sign like one month extensions to be able to finish the season with their clubs in the premier league in any league. Um, So that, that goes to show you like when it comes to contracts, letter of the law matters. There was no bending on those, on those contracts where agents or, or players were saying, well, you know, this is, this is all weird. So, you know, I know it says my contract expires in May, but like, let's just extend that or whatever. Let's just like, forget about that. And, you know, keep going here like no they had to sign new contracts for another month to be able to keep playing um so like thinking about that thinking about the way these contracts are written up the the way words are parsed through i don't think he's i don't think he's gonna win this
1: yes um we're not lawyers so i don't know i i think there'll be there'll be some level of compromise because the What's the alternative? The alternative is the situation you had in in years gone by, where the player is refusing to train, where the player is sent to the uh, sent to the reserves to train because he's disruptive. You know, I can't see that happening, and there's such a groundswell of of kind of anger amongst Barcelona supporters, or at least we're reading there is that they won't want. I don't think they'll, as painful as this will be, do Barcelona really want to go down this road? Surely there's a compromise where there will be lawyers, but there'll be a meet in the middle figure. Okay. Now, if you meet in the middle, it's still 350 million. Maybe not the middle. Meet kind of towards like 200, 150, 200. I mean, it's going to have to be within the the Neymar range surely which was 222 right yeah i i just don't think the 700 million is is going to be something that 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 is agreed upon it's such
0: an insane
1: number it's it's ridiculous it's the the gdp of many countries i'm sure um yeah that's not i don't i see compromise there has to be i just think there has to be you just Um, wonder too if like the way these events have played out over the
0: last week or so um i mean it goes well beyond that but from couman's appointment to couman's conversation with messi to the club's conversation with suarez it's almost as though bartomeu was uh, was like arranging the deck chairs to ensure that this would happen like he yeah. like he's wanted to be free of messi how can i make it so it looks like messi is the bad guy and not me
1: Absolutely, because even the, when you read the, and I read it in AS, AS which we regularly quote, the the, um, the sporting paper, online magazine, and uh, even the way the quotations were phrased, like, uh, there's no more privileges. I need you to know that it's about the team first. Now, can you really hear Koeman saying those words to Messi? No. Uh, no, and if he does say that, like, what does he mean by no more privileges? You know, I... Like you, you have to run now, Lionel. You have to press now, Lionel. You have to do. I don't. I don't under, I. I feel like that may have been, like you said, embellished somewhat. So as it looks worse for for Messi, that I mean, and it's not an unreasonable ask from a manager to say the team comes first. True. You know, it's not unreasonable, uh, but but maybe considering Messi's standing at Barcelona and all the things he's done, it sounds as a little bit, you know, it's like when Mick McCarthy came into the Irish squad. It's not like this, but I'm going to say it. Anyway.
0: No, I get where you're where you're
1: going. Mick, Mick McCarthy came into the Irish squad and said uh, Dennis Irwin, um, who was a veteran of the team, he was dropped for a game, uh, funnily against Argentina, and McCarthy says you have to prove yourself like to a veteran who has nothing to prove. That can be taken the wrong way and I'm sure Messi if Kuman did say it. And and again, someone tweeted us saying you guys were right. Kuman is here to be the bull in the china shop that clears house for the short-term or for the medium-term pain as Barcelona try and and make a plan for a post-Messi era. I mean, this day was coming at some point. Mm, why?
0: Like what? Let's say okay. So let's say eight two happens. Byron Like everything up to that point is what it is. I wonder if there's anything that Bartomeu in the in the subsequent days could have done. To have avoided this day at least occurring now, like well, not not gone-
1: signed, not re-signed, not Messi specifically. When I say this day is coming, this is a whole. I hate to use the term holistic approach, but look at the the players over thirty, Andrew. That they have to move on, who are on oh, big okay. contracts. I get what
0: you're saying. I thought you meant this day. Like Messi was always going to leave this club in acrimonious.
1: No, no, no. Fashion. and I, and I'm. I'm not going to contradict myself from last week. Last week, I said Messi can still be effective and be a, a brilliantly productive player in a Barcelona team. They've just got to put lots and lots of legs around him. I mean, I still I still stand by that. So I just
0: st- wonder, like, what I was going to say was after the Bayern Munich game, let's say Bartomeu had a change of heart uh, and, and basically had this awakening where he felt, OK, Messi, he needs to be a part of this club moving forward. We, we can't have an ugly end here. So what could he have done? If he had gone to Messi and said, okay, say the words, manager, players, say the words, and I will do everything in my power to make it happen. And, and instead, Bartomeu's done all the opposites. But I just wonder what what things could have happened for Messi to have said, okay, I, I repledge my allegiance to this club. I don't
1: think there was a thing because the cull happened. Abidal, who had been at odds, is out as director sportif or whatever his his role was. Gone. You know, there was a clear, there was a clearing of of house in that sense, but I don't think there's anything can be done because essentially Messi lost trust with with Barcelona as an entity, as a as a construct. I I I think he just looked at it, Andrew. I really do think the accumulation of humiliations in the Champions League, the toll was too much, and he didn't believe it was going to change quickly. The thought of his final image
0: as a player for this club, being an eight, two champions league mm. humiliation is awful,
1: is tough. It's tough to, to stomach that. And people like me thought that that was the reason he would stay on to remedy that s- situation. He can't go out like this. He, he can't. That was my whole idea, but it's not, it's not the case. I think, I think it's if not, he's 27 it's not seven or 28.
0: 28- I think that that situations like that usually push guys to do the opposite. Like not like what you what you're saying, I think, is rare in today's athlete. For for a legend who really has not much left to prove um to suffer a defeat like that, I don't think it usually sets off a spark within them saying, um, I gotta stay here and make this right. I think it usually says, look, I've I've taken this team as like look at Tom Brady and the Patriots with what just right. happened. Like the mental strain of playing for Belichick the way they were soundly beaten by the Titans in the first round of the playoffs like I think it was just Brady saying enough I need something different I've done everything I can here I think it's it's a little bit uh, of an analogy to Messi's situation he's I've done everything that I can I'm a legend at this club I just need something different yeah I've done everything into, I can here
1: yeah it popped into my head too <clears throat> Brady I, I think though as well sometimes you just know when it's over You know, you've done all you can. There's been a a period of success and you just realize the club is not the club you were in. Those days are gone now. And it's the, you know, it's the dawning realization, as Carmela Soprano said, read the news or open a newspaper. Everything comes to an end. And it does. And he's just seeing that now. And I, I genuinely do feel that being the age he is. There is a, he feels like he's on the clock a little bit. I mean, he, he suffered an inju- he, He's played through injuries this season, even. And those are only going to get, or potentially those will only get worse. And he, he needs, I think he feels he needs that. He's, he's probably eyeing two things right now, Andrew. He's looking at the 2022 world cup and he is looking at another champions league. And right now, Barcelona do not, do not look like a club. That's going to be able to deliver on that for him right no, now. No. That does, and, and I think that's driven him forward into this decision. Personally. Yeah.
0: We've talked about this before on this show. And we've referenced this, that one of the most difficult things that can happen in sports is a team that has to manage the end of a legend's career. Um, It's never easy. It's never, it's just never an easy situation.
1: Can I ask you, tell me the last time a club you felt managed it well, any, any sports team that you can think of.
0: So the ones that come to mind are to bring it back to here in the United States Two come to mind the quickest that is Derek Jeter with the Yankees. Right, um, and by the way, that was ugly behind the scenes. Yes, it was uh, his his last negotiation for his contract to remain and end his career with the Yankees. It was it was an ugly process. Derek um, valued himself quite highly. He did. He he did, and the Yankees were more pragmatic about it. But they also everyone in the end understood the value of him finishing his career as a one team man and what that would mean to kind of you know not just the fans but sort of like. The prestige of the Yankees and the prestige of Jeter. So they, they made it work, but it was behind the scenes. It was not easy. And then the other one I think of is Kobe Bryant with the Lakers. Yeah. And remember, so the Lakers basically looked at that situation as like, take everything that's happening with Messi and Barcelona right now. The club is clearly on a downward trajectory. And basically the club, Bartomeu and the club has said, you know, this has to change. So come hell or high water, we're going to do whatever we want to do. And I don't care how that offends this guy. Um, And that's the route they're taking. The Lakers basically said, you know, this guy's legacy with our team is more important than, than our actual on court success. And so they kind of just said success be damned. We're going to just like allow this guy to finish his career here. The fans can bask in it however they want, even though the team is bad, they'll enjoy him. And we're just going to, and then like, we'll figure it out afterwards. And the Lakers were awful and they only just recovered like six years later. They only just recovered from handling it that way. But, you know, the fans were able to get their send off for this player that they loved and it didn't have
1: to end in ugly fashion. Um, think about but think about the Roy Keane era at Manchester United, how that ended in total acrimony. Uh-huh. Things that barbs are still being thrown to this day. Well, maybe not so much, <laughs> but uh, Stephen Gerrard at Liverpool. I mean, that was, to my mind, that was a complete mess. The idea that he would leave in in that fashion and finish his playing career in Los Angeles was just, it wasn't right. It just wasn't handled well. And I think Gerard left it with regrets. I'm not sure Brendan Rodgers did, but I certainly think Gerard felt like he could have contributed and would have been able to maybe do a season on the bench and, and go out that way. I think Javi Lanzo and Philip Lam, those were pretty good exits. I mean, I would. It's funny because you would almost have
0: to look no further than Barcelona just a couple years ago with Iniesta's exit. I don't think there was anything, you know, ugly about that. I think, yeah, no. I, don't know, I don't remember hearing anything about there being discontent on either side. Remember Barcelona put out that that moving video of Iniesta coming into the meeting room, watching the the video tribute, and getting teared up. Like it seemed like they handled that beautifully, but. I guess it's just this, it's this difficulty of, you know, every coach, general manager, sporting director, whatever president of a club, they all are of the mindset that no one player is bigger than the team. But you and I both know that while usually true, it's not always true. Michael Jordan became bigger than the Bulls. And that was not handled well by management because they were not having that. Lionel Messi, for however big Barcelona is, and they were huge before him, yeah. For however big they are, he's bigger than them. Like he has reached that that stratosphere where he's bigger than the club, and you know they'll, we, they'll continue to be great afterwards. They're still a great club, and great players will always want to play for Barcelona. But right here and now, Messi, the brand, I think is is bigger than Barcelona.
1: Remember, we uh, we asked Graham Hunter on the pod, and people should listen to that podcast that we did. What is it, a month ago now when the the Spanish season ended and Real Madrid were crowned champions. People should listen back to that because Graham gives so much insight and I asked Graham, "Have Barcelona got a plan for a post Messi era?" And he said, "No, they don't, but you can't blame them for that." I do think that there has been an acceleration with the way they've acted, with the way they're kind of discarding or or looking to rebuild pl- the club senior players being told that they're no longer wanted and and now this should we call it an impasse with Messi. We'll call it an impasse for now. Um this is this is not how I would have done it. It just isn't. No. And by the way, like that whole Graham Hunter interview that we
0: did, yep. that in itself is almost evidence of you and I like it would be disingenuous for us to sit here right now and just be floored by this news. Like the whole no, reason we not. had Graham Hunter on a month ago was because yes. like it was to talk about Barcelona, their future and Messi's future. It was this day was maybe we're a little bit surprised with how quickly it arrived and sort of like the ugly nature in which it arrived. But yeah. we knew that there was a distinct possibility that that eight, two defeat to Bayern Munich. And, and this, this end uh, of the season in La Liga against Real Madrid, that this would be the final act of
1: his career there. Um, it, it just smelt, It smelt wrong, and also his comments. I mean, Messi was not Messi in the last few years has been more vocal than ever before, which would kind of, I suppose, just amplify the frustrations you'd see on his face at the end of a defeat. Like taking to Instagram to go against what Abidal was saying, to defend his players, uh, to and then to attack his players at the end by saying how mentally weak they were. Um, but when you think how happy what he was, how joyous he was, as he fell over in the box against Napoli, still got up and managed to curl one into the bottom corner. You thought, it's always there, it's always there. You think they'll, they'll be okay, they're going to be all right. And then what happened against Byron happened, and well, here we are.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. And so let's move to the next idea um, in all of this, and it's kind of the idea that I feel like <laughs> I feel like people are almost. It's almost like taboo to mention. Um, and that is this kind of like deep, dark secret as to whether or not could this be secretly good for Barcelona?
1: Uh, it accelerates a a process that we talked about preparing for a post messy world. It's going to bring a lot of short to medium term pain. um, I think Ronald the destroyer. <laughs> that's that's what Kuman will be seen as because he's he's going to be the one tasked now with the he's going to be the one where uh you know it, he'll be the David Moyes in this, the Louis van Gaal in this to an extent uh where he's going to have to negotiate difficult years. Uh but there needs to be a cohesive plan, Andrew. You know, it is it a good thing in the modern game. Right, well, first of all, Messi is the focal point of that team and he is so productive. That is a good thing. Uh, is it the fact that new players and players who should be expressing themselves, the Griezmanns, the Dembele's, the Coutinho's in the past, have deferred to him at every moment, making this a very kind of not easy to break down, but very one dimensional in many senses system? That's not good. They need to build players in. In the modern game, you need the faster, more athletic, say, if you want to play a 4-3-3-3 up front. So Barcelona need to work on doing that. Is it good that you have a player in the team that doesn't press or run in the modern game? That's not good. So the fact that this takes you a step further towards a modernization or a a, a progression in what your team does or a change in what your team does, is good, unfortunately, you're losing the best player in the world. Right. That's the only way I can frame this, that Barcelona need to be better anyway, and having a guy in a team who, from a an off-the-ball production point of view, doesn't do the things that the modern player does, isn't good. And we'll talk a bit more about that when it comes to where he, where he has a landing destination, because I think that... That's interesting too.
0: Yeah. I think what you talked about there is, is kind of the interesting point is whether or not this is like, if there are other players on that team right now who we believe are great players in their own right, but have not been able to show that for whatever reason, um, I mean, Griezmann is the only, like he's who I'm thinking of saying all this, like if, if quietly behind the scenes, he's kind of like, okay, good. Now I can be me here. Um, you know you know and look Ansu Fati is is an interesting one for Barcelona because you know maybe not quite to the level that Messi was in like 2004 2005 around there but here's this 17 year old kid who yeah. their their idea is he will he will now carry them into the next generation and be be our messy for the the next 15 years. Now that is a horribly unfair burden to place on a 17-year-old. And I'm not saying anyone is actually doing that, but right. you know maybe Messi's departure is happening at at what could be a a good time for someone like him.
1: It's also a good time maybe for someone like Antoine Griezmann.
0: Well, that's what I said. Yeah. I mean, Griezmann is the guy who I said is probably like quietly pumping his fist right now.
1: Right. Uh, and and I, I know you make the point about Ansu Fadi, but there's like uh, older players there, not quite senior players in, in the same way that Suarez is, but older players there who will probably think this is a chance for for me to be the main guy or for me to do the things I used to do when there wasn't this behemoth playing alongside me. Um yeah. I still think, though, there's so much, like even beyond Messi, there's so much rebuilding to be done. And and I should also insert the caveat that, all right, Jade is talking about a short-term to medium-term building pattern that needs to happen at the club. But there are other clubs that you're only one or two signings away from being rejuvenated. And not having Messi and his influence and his power, you can kind of set about planning that. But again, he's the best player in the world,
0: right? Well, that's ultimately that's the problem: is that he still he's still of a nature where, like, okay, for whatever flaws we want to talk about in his game, now you know, you've talked about the lack of, of press or running or whatever. Um, he's still that guy who will single handedly win you games, yeah, um, and almost by himself, you know, dragged them through uh, this La Liga season and and kept them in a position where we we kind of think they almost should have won the league. Um, so you're losing that.
1: Andrew, your question is, is this actually a good thing? And ultimately, I believe you can't really talk yourself into a position where this is a thing that you want right now. You just can't.
0: No, right now, no. But I do believe, I believe that there is a a world where two years from now, we're sitting here doing a podcast. And we're if Barcelona make the right decisions now, um, in the aftermath of this, I believe that we could be sitting here saying, "Boy, it was it was ugly. It was not easy for them to do, it but it was, had to happen. But it, it had to happen, and it's good that it did." Like, here's the thing: it's hard to talk about this without knowing what sort of finances will come back Barcelona's way. Now, no matter what, they free themselves of the uh, the wages that Messi was on, which, depending on where you look, I've seen numbers anywhere between sixty and eighty million a season. Yeah. which is staggering. <laughs> um not saying he's not he's not worth it but like that's a huge uh opening to suddenly have in your checkbook. Um but like JJ if 700 million now has to enter Barcelona for Messi to go. And like okay, even with him gone, it is still Barcelona. They are one of the top two or three destination clubs for great players in the world. Yeah. I almost, I, I like shudder to think what, with with smart people in charge, which we don't know right now, but with smart people in charge, what what do Barcelona do with 700 million suddenly at their disposal?
1: Well, I mean, ultimately they're going to, I'm, I'm not going to say 700 million, but I agree with you. They're going to have a huge chunk of money to, to do, but we have to see what, what kind of structures they put in? Who they who they have leading the the spending of that money? Um, but you're right. Barcelona are going to remain as much as Messi is impo- huge to them. I don't see them going into a Manchester United period of decline. Even though I referenced United and Moyes earlier, I don't see that. I still think there'll be a preeminent landing spot for for top for the cream of of South American talent and European talent. So they stay where they are, but. Yeah. It it all depends how that money's managed and indeed how much money they actually do end up getting out of this whole thing.
0: Yeah. And whether or not Koeman is the man to lead this post-messy world, which
1: no, he may not be, but he may be the guy in in in, in the film where you see the cops breaking into the into the apartment, Andrew, because they want to do a raid. Who is the guy at the front who's battering the door in? He's not the one that delivers the 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 indictment or the or the warrant. He's never that guy. He's just the guy with the battering ram, and he will be replaced by someone with the plan. And this analogy is already falling apart. No, I like it. <laughs> um, all
0: right, and now the other question here, um, which is as fascinating as all the other ones. <laughs> so where? So okay, like attention, everyone. Attention, everyone. Lionel Messi is now available. Like who right now is like speaking with their accountants behind the scenes, gathering money and like in, in this frantic, frenetic state, making like all the arrangements for this to happen.
1: Who is currently trying to revive their accountant who is on the floor <laughs> in some kind of seizure at, at the kind of creative book making he needs to make this happen? And again like like our what we were just talking about this is again very difficult to talk about without
0: knowing the the figure financially of what may have to go to Barcelona if it's if it's on a free well that opens up sure. liter- literally a world of possibilities if it's for 700 million I'd say there's two clubs that I would consider right. and if it's some sort of in between then I think you got like five or six clubs that we're talking about.
1: Right. So it's hard it's hard to know. It is very hard to know. Uh I would say right now it's Manchester City um the the journalist who's been ahead of all this stuff and who's kind of breaking news as it happens is uh Marcelo Betchler and he says Messi wants to play for Manchester City. He said it last night. So we know that he the Messi camp has been talking to Guardiola um, do City want to do this right now in the same week where um El Mubarak has been saying, Hey, we just want to be friends with UEFA, we, we, we it's time to move on, and so we can work together, and blah blah blah. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because the optic. Of them just having
0: like gotten by these UEFA chargers and then and then shelling out possibly seven hundred million euros to buy one player is such a middle finger
1: to everyone involved. Uh, well, I think the middle finger has been has been shown by Manchester City, all right. And maybe me and you are laboring under the idea that F- FFP can survive what happened to it this summer in Lo- in Lausanne. Uh, maybe we're laboring under a serious serious. Uh, amount of naivety. Uh, I see City. I see PSG. I think uh, it would be appealing. Not It would not be appealing to play in League One, uh, but it would be appealing to play alongside Neymar and Mbappe, two guys who will do the running for him. Uh, and they've got the funds to do it. Those are the two real landing spots. Now, I was reading uh, Rory Smith in the New York Times yesterday, and Rory was talking about how there's a a long term, fam- some kind of relationship like inter courted Messi as a youngster, and there's continuing some kind of links. They basically inter, inter and Messi- Milan, we should say, yes, for all inter the, for all the inter Miami fans out there who are who well, have their should, antennas up. Well, uh, according to Graham Hunter, um, Messi has. Messi and Suarez have spoken to Inter Miami, whereas Suarez is 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 very much in on the radar of Inter Miami. That may happen. Messi kind of said, "I'm interested, but not now." Right. Okay. So Inter Milan have this uh, uh, kind of association with Messi. I I think Inter Milan is a would be a an unpalatable move for him looking at them right now looking at the position Conte's contract has been renewed I didn't think that would happen after what happened against in the final the Europa League final against Sevilla but that is happening apparently or has happened and I, I look at their team and yes they have some good players like Lukaku and um uh Latoro Martinez and um uh Barella the fullback I you know I mean they've got some nice players but I don't see them as competing for the Champions League next season and there's you know there's a they're certainly not the the completed project that Messi would want to step into um so really I mean I think that narrows it down to to two locations City and PSG unless Manchester United and Ed Woodward want to flex the financial muscle that United definitely have as as one of the biggest clubs in the world and do something that they were thwarted in doing when they tried to sign Ronaldinho in 2003 and, and buy the best player in the world I don't see it happening though so they are they are a fascinating wild card
0: in this however I just don't know if I'm looking at it from Messi's perspective let's say both Manchester clubs can make it happen in what world would he choose United over City. I just don't... I don't see him do... Even if United make every effort to make it happen, I don't see why Messi would go that route.
1: No, and and, and also, again, look at how mobile, you know, Greenwood, Rashford, Martial. look how mobile that is up there. Look at um, Bruno Fernandes. Like, Messi, you can put him in there, but he's, he's going to fit much more snugly into the position at Manchester City, into a system that he knows with a manager that he knows.
0: Yeah, uh, City... City have to be the leading candidate. Like that's, I think it just makes it just makes too much sense. PSG is interesting simply because I, like City, they offer the financial clout to make it happen. Uh, Neymar, like the idea of Neymar, Mbappe, Messi is, I mean, just like what a what a joy that would be to watch. And you wonder, you know, maybe Messi, maybe he's kind of just in this now for Champions Leagues. Like he could, oh, I, I'm convinced like it, of that. Like, if he were to go to League, uh, you know, and, and play for PSG, maybe it would just be kind of a more fun experience where, like, he'd be with his buddy, he'd be able to, like, rest periodically during yeah. League, uh, get matches and make sure he's good for Champions League and whatever internationals he's gearing up for with the World Cup or whatever. Like, it may just be like, okay, I can just kind of enjoy myself here while still, while not necessarily in an MLS way of enjoying oneself at the end of their career. He could still be competing for like the, the sports highest prize in the champions league trophy.
1: Yeah. Um, so part of me, part of me wants him, I, I You have made a very good case for PSG there. Um, part of me we wants to see him at the car, the reigning Carabao cup champions and see him, see him lining <laughs> out on, a, on an away night in Scunthorpe. Oh, you know, our, our, that. Or p- playing up front against Barnsley on a on a Wednesday night. You know, there's there's there is a part of me that wants these things for England. Um but PSG, you you make a very good sales pitch there. How he can focus on the big eared trophy, he can keep himself fresh for international duty. Um, there is the danger then that he uh Nah, there is no danger. He's not gonna be like Neymar. Um What do you mean? Well that he would he would uh I suppose injuries is always there. I mean, Neymar...
0: As he gets older.
1: Neymar's got a lot of injuries considering, uh, you know, the the league he's in. But yeah, no, you've made a very good case for PSG. I would put you on the the PSG contingent that has to sell this to to Messi.
0: Oh, and with what they pay? Sign me up.
1: You do that. <laughs> um,
0: two other clubs. Just give me a yes or no. These are other like. All right. Not going to happen. But they are conceivably in like the group of six clubs that I would say are are possible. These are Glasgow two Celtic.
1: <laughs> hey, you're serious? No. Okay. I mean, it would be an amazing thing to happen. Slide all overs.
0: All right. So, okay, the first one being Real Madrid.
1: No. I don't think so. Um and before people start shouting about Figo, mm-hmm. it was a different it was a different time, it was a different Barcelona. And this uh, is messy. Like this as is great greatest mess- Figo is This is messy. Uh no, can't see it. No. Okay. And then teamating
0: up with his generational rival, Cristiano Ronaldo at Juventus. Ooh.
1: Um, no. Okay. I don't see it. I don't think he'd do it. And I also think he would look at them with their new rookie manager in the same light as he may view Inter. It's not a win now scenario.
0: Oh, but it is, though.
1: It's win a Champions League now.
0: Messi, Ronaldo. There, I mean, no. So no. you think that should that team exist? Uh, they would not be considered. Well, it,
1: no, <laughs> a win now well, Champions League squad. Well, the midfield needs work. If 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 Artur comes in and is reunited with Messi very very quickly, quicker than he expected, and he does very well in that midfield, we, we'll talk about another possible acquisition they have. But that, that I've never liked that midfield. Never. Um
0: okay. uh,
1: But yeah, two guys up front that aren't going to run, being serviced by whom. Aaron Ramsey. It would be interesting. Rabio. Yeah. Look, you're Benton core.
0: I, I I sort of get what you're saying. Like, I don't know that that team would be my favorite ahead of Bayern, um going into next season. However, I see your point. However, they would be considered a win. Now. If that's not a win now team, then like, what, are,
1: <laughs> what? Yeah. But we, I mean, they, they fell much, they fell further short in my, in my estimation, and and also by the estimation of they went out in the quarterfinal, you know, Man City are still a better option for him. I think. I think, I think PSG, so. PSG oh yeah, are that's
0: up. why I I only saved Real Madrid and Juve as like total wild card, like just sort of like silly conversations. What about Shakhtar Donetsk? <laughs> well, I I, the, I guess the last thing is you we haven't mentioned the the other teams that can provide the the financial might. That it would take to do this, uh, Chelsea. I mean, well, you're right. I, I didn't say Chelsea. I was about to say China, um, but no, I don't believe not. that that's where Andrew, that's what he's doing.
1: It will have to be a Champions League team. I am convinced of that. I, I believe that too. Um, and uh, and as much as 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 China is a is a world player now, like we've never seen before, them entering teams into the UEFA Champions League is still a ways off. <laughs>
0: Oh my god. Yeah. I feel like we could I could talk about this for like hours. It's such a fascinating we've just never seen a pl- I mean Ronaldo has changed clubs a couple times and that has been fascinating, but I don't know something about Messi and Barcelona, they're just like so inextricably linked with one another and and he's still so in my eyes so much the best player in the world that this is just crazy. God, this will be I don't know. I guess the, the I only mean, the, the last question I have for you before we move on to a couple other news stories and then we'll get out. The, yeah. the last question I have is is there we touched on this at the top, we've talked through it, now we circle back to it. Is there any scenario where you see cooler heads prevailing and him playing for Barcelona next season? Uh
1: just from listening to the people who are on the ground there, no. No. I I, I don't even think some kind of like scenario like you laid out of a of a snap. Um, vote of no confidence, or whatever, or censure—I think it's, they call it—of the uh, of the president, and a change at the top will make a difference. No, I think it's uh, the cycle is over, Andrew. The sun has set on his time in Catalonia.
0: I'm not going to rule it out. In fact, okay, if I were going to list my my rankings in order of what I believe are the three most likely scenarios for what happens to him, for me, number one, Messi to Manchester City. Number two, I'm going to put at number two, and I'm sort of contradicting myself from the start of the podcast, but just like rethinking, rethink, like just thinking all this through my, my head, I'm going to say number two, cooler heads prevailing, Bartomeu ousted, Messi reconsidering, maybe that financial number, the 700 million goes through and like Messi is just a, of kind of a professionalism where he's not going to go the route of refusing to train. He'll just kind of bite the bullet. Um, so I'll say that number two and then PSG three.
1: I did text a mutual friend of ours last night and said, I think he stays at Barcelona. I think this is too you did. much. Yeah, but yeah, I did. But the stuff I read this morning makes me think, no. See, that's why this
0: is fun though. Is cause, like, it's because like every hour, like you're changing your, your opinion on this. Like that's Ugh. what makes this so interesting. Oh my God, man. This story is going to be just like a black hole. Like this is just going to be all encompassing.
1: Oh, next week's podcast is uh, is certainly going to feature Messi, <laughs> one way or another. I
0: would say the next few weeks, yes. most likely. Uh, before we get out, this was mainly a messy emergency podcast, but uh, a couple other things have happened that I that, that do bear mentioning. Number one, Harry Maguire has been found guilty of assault and bribery. Um, in Greece, that occurred in Mykonos, in Greece. Yes. Um,
1: he received uh, what was it? A suspended sentence suspended sentence but um uh, Maguire's legal team will appeal obviously you don't want um as we say a felony like this hanging over you especially when they feel like they didn't get his legal team didn't get the opportunity to defend him in in the, in the fullest way considering how late evidence was produced against him in that court trial. They all felt it was too speedy. That will be appealed. And Mark, he has um, been left out. I believe he's been left out of the England... He was included in the England squad. Yes. Now he's not. And for the upcoming internationals, and uh, Mark Ogden is reporting that he will remain United captain. Hmm. Okay. So, um, well, they've, they've backed him. They've said that he... he, he proclaims his innocence and, um, let me just check on the England thing though. Is he still in the squad?
0: No, I oh, don't know. Man United's
1: no. Maguire is withdrawn from England's nation squad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, but, uh, that one, that, that needs to play out more. There's, there's more to this. I feel than meets the eye. Um, with Juventus, we wanted to mention two
0: things, really. One, uh, it appears as though Gonzalo Higuaín will be moving on yes. from that club. Andrea Pirlo has basically said there is there is no future for him here. Right. Uh, Paulo Dybala, however, looks like he will be staying with Juve, according to Pirlo. Yes. And could he be joined by an American? As uh, It sounds like talks are now in, a, in an advanced stage for Weston McKinney to join yeah. Juventus.
1: A week ago, we we were
0: were talking about him going to Southampton.
1: Fabrizio Romano uh, has tweeted out, who is usually very wise and accurate on these issues. Juventus are close to signing Weston McKinney from Schalke. It would be a €3 million loan plus an €18 million option to buy, which is, to me, really cheap, considering the talent and potential of the player. Agreement to be completed. And here we go soon, tweets Fabrizio. And Grant Ooms, who is a listener, he tweeted a picture of Ronaldo on Instagram wearing the new Juventus away shirt, which is it's an orange number, Andrew, that looks as if it's been spattered by suit paint. But that's not the issue. It's been liked by Weston McKinney on Instagram, which is confirmation that the deal has been done, I'm sure. <laughs> um, So I, can I just give my initial feelings on this? Of course. Um like everyone I like I love the idea of having a US international at at Juventus I just want to make sure that he starts regularly I would start him in that midfield I think he fulfills a need for the team in there but we've got a new manager has Pirlo signed off on this is or is this a sporting director move where he brings in a player that's needed and and Pirlo just has to deal with that signing Um, people going on, oh, he can't lose. He'll get the experience of Pirlo and he'll probably ride the bench a bit. No, 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 no. He's not going to be groomed. He's 22. Right. He served his time in, in the Bundesliga. He has to be there to start for me. Has to be. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Games is what this guy needs at the top level. But overall, my general impression, without knowing what Pirlo is going to do in terms of the way he'll set the team up, my overall impression is this is great.
0: It's it's about games. I yep. don't know. That's the only worry that I have is if
1: he'll be playing regularly enough, where it's uh, where he'll continue to to develop. There's nothing. There is no developing. He'll develop in training. I'm sure playing with, with really good players. But there's there's no point. There's no grooming period here. He's 22. No, no. What that are people talk.
0: Yeah, that that ship has sailed. Yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, I did want to at least mention one. Pretty big deal uh, in MLS with Carlos Vela. Uh, boy, bad news for him. He's going to be out for, uh, I guess, an undetermined amount of time right now after suffering an MS uh, an MCL injury. Um, yeah, in a game that they that they lost to the Galaxy. Um, not good. Just no, not 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 good at all. Obviously for him, for the club, for the league. I will say that I. I I do feel that I saw enough from LAFC in the MLS's back tournament where um, they can absorb where I, I think they will be okay. Uh, I still think that they will be the best or among the two best in the Western conference. Um, but you know, their ambition is, is to, you know, like break points records and to be like clearly the best team in the league and to win an MLS cup, which, uh, has eluded them. So, um, I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to see what happens. I guess the, the spotlight once again shifts to Diego Rossi, and he handled it beautifully in the tournament. And we'll see if he's able to to continue to kind of shoulder that load um, as the regular season progresses. But that's that's un- It's not good for the league that our two best players in Vela and Joseph Martinez are out with knee injuries for the no. foreseeable future. It's just, <laughs> it's just like not
1: not where you want to be. No. Um, it's not.
0: So it's, uh, it's too bad. But uh, that is about... That
1: is oh, it's about not it. about it. Andrew, oh. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. You're letting down all our Everton fans. The Telegraph football... Oh my uh, God, you're right.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, Jason
1: Burt of the Telegraph yesterday. Exclusive Everton in talks to sign Colombia star Hamas Rodriguez on a permanent transfer from Real Madrid. It's been quite the odyssey since that goal against Uruguay in 2014 for old Hamas. Um, I say this without any
0: real insight into, like, what formation Everton will play, um, tactics, like, whatever. I I think it's good signing. I think it's great. I think it's I think it's great for them, and um, it's like kind of weird and a little bit
1: surprising. Um, sure, but but I like it, and and Ancelotti knows him. Very well. I have to believe that that's what's driving this. Of course, yeah. Uh,
0: and um, I think it's. I, I think if you're an Everton fan right now, I think it, you're you're loving this.
1: It's exciting. It it really is, and um, I think he uh, could be a creative presence, a link man, a goal scorer. He could be all those things, and Everton fans just will love the idea of it. Albeit he, you know, it's been a a meandering. Existence since 2014 has is do we put him in the still had moments though where he like sure summons that I know, but but what is it about teams? Is it just that it's been a numbers game and the teams he's been at have had too much quality? But what is it about him, Andrew, that makes managers go after a while? You're right, I don't know.
0: I mean, he's had some injury issues, but I don't know, I don't know. Um, but I gotta believe at Everton he'll have every chance to be the man. So he,
1: I mean, he has every chance to become a cult hero there. Absolutely. Agree with you. I'd be excited about it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If you're an Everton fan, you're you're on the website right now just hitting refresh, right? Until that until that picture of him holding up the, the jersey is uh is put put through.
1: I mean, we're talking about guys looking odd in, in jerseys. Uh the the tanned, boyish looks of James Rodriguez. In an Everton jersey, <laughs> I love. I love
0: it. I love. I really think it's awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I I kind of enjoy. Like it's one of the things that we love about the Premier League that we always talk about is this idea of anybody being able to beat anybody else. That it's it's the toughest yeah. league to win because of the depth of this league. So for a player like him to go to a what has proven itself to be over the last several years a decidedly mid table team. Right, I think it's cool. I think it just adds even more depth to a league that we already think is overflowing with it.
1: I like it, but I want you to do just that. We're going to play a quick mental game with all Everton fans. All right. I'm going to give you a few names. I want you to imagine their faces, their body types, and then I'm going to say Hamas Rodriguez name. <laughs> so I'm going to say Neville Southall, even the name Neville Southall, Duncan Ferguson,
0: hmm.
1: Wayne Rooney, james rodriguez one of these is not like the others yeah interesting what you're saying well i yeah. i i think you're right though he has the flashes he still has the skill he can be a cult hero there absolutely um
0: all right so that is about it i should say also um i know you've been documenting this on social media i got a haircut everybody so my time in the sun is a uh as a rock star, I felt like JJ, I would walk into, with my long flowing hair, I would walk into to rooms and I would hear murmuring like, oh my God, is that, is that John Bon Jovi? And like, now <laughs> no. I, now I walk into rooms and it's, what's our accountant doing here? <laughs> why it's is ver- there, why is there a human Lego in the room? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I actually quite like your haircut, but it, it's back to normal Andy proportions. Yep. you were you were in a mid nineties Britpop band for for most of this pandemic with that hair. Everyone yeah. should. I feel like having lived this
0: experience now, uh, I would tell everyone you should live the the long haired experience once. Just once see, see what kind of person you you are. If you if you change, if you feel differently when you look in the mirror, when you go out in public, if you just if you just feel different,
1: if people react to you different. Uh, right. In your case as well. By the way, before we get out the. Uh, You know, the community shield is on Saturday. (laughs) Oh, my God. We have to to start our season previews. Uh,
0: Oh, what are we saying? Like, there's I don't know It all. Just the what is so different about uh, I'm not ready.
1: I'm not ready. Andrew, it's been a busy seven or eight days for us in terms of podcasting. Let's stick that on the later base. Let's get out. And uh, you're
0: right. You're right. Oh my god, this was a lot of fun, man. Um we'll be back again next week with season previews. Holy holy mother of God. <laughs> Do you I say hey.
1: See you later, fun boy. See ya. Take care, man.
0: You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast.